follow along, help uh, you pay attention, stay uh, focused, and uh, stay awake. Amen. If I have to stay awake for the whole time, you do too, all right? First Kings chapter number 22, uh, read verse number 7. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that, may, that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. I love this part. But I hate him. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say such things. You ought not talk about your pastor like that. Verse 18, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? This morning I want to talk to you about true men of God. True men of God. Father, we love you today. We thank you today, Father, for the incredible opportunity that, Lord, that we have, Lord, to break the bread of life. Lord, to, to declare, thus saith the Lord. God, I just pray today once again that your anointing, Lord, will rest upon uh, the message and upon the messenger today, and also upon the ear of the hearer today, Lord, that they will hear what the Spirit would say under the church today. Father, Lord, let your will be done in this place for the glory of God. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, there are a host of characters in the story that uh, is recorded in 1 Kings chapter number 22. But the character or the person that I want us to focus upon uh, here today in this story is a prophet named Micaiah. Micaiah was a true man of God. He was a true man of God that spoke the truth no matter what the cost. In fact, in this particular incident, it cost him time in prison. In order for him to declare, thus saith the Lord, for him uh, to speak the truth in this matter, for him to prophesy the true prophecy that needed to be delivered for him, it cost him time in prison. Oh, for men and women of God today who will be willing to stand up and speak the truth. Men and women of God today that are willing to stand and declare, thus saith the word of the Lord, even if it costs them their popularity, even if it costs them some people, even if it costs them their position. Well, today we are taught to be politically correct. Don't rock the boat. Don't preach anything that is controversial. Don't preach anything that might offend anyone. One pastor of a megachurch brags, He brags and says, you'll only hear positive sermons in my church. He says, I will always have an encouraging word for you. You will never, ever feel condemnation in my church. Well, his church is a place where saint and sinner can both be comfortable. The problem that I have is that I've read the book. I've read the book. And how many understand when you've read the book, you understand that it's not all sugar and spice and everything nice. It isn't all honey, sugar, and pie. Isaiah 58 and 1, the Bible says, And God says, and He declares, Cry aloud and spare not, and lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. 
Titus chapter 2 and verse 15, the Amplified Version. Oh, Paul says to Titus, tell them all these things. Urge, advise, encourage, warn, and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise or disregard or think little of you. Conduct yourself and your teaching so as to command respect. My question today is, where is the true man of God today that is willing to stand up and speak the truth regardless of the cost? Micaiah the prophet was such a man. A man that was willing to speak the truth. A man that was willing to declare, thus saith the Lord. Well, there's five things that I want to point out to you, and we find these in 1 Kings chapter number 22. So let's look at five things here that I find in this chapter. The first thing that I, I discover is the proposal, and the proposal is found in verse number 1 through 4. It says that three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth and Gilead is ours, but we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria? And so he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, and my people as your people, and my horses as your horses. King Jehoshaphat of Judah visits King Ahab of Israel. And King Ahab makes a proposal to King Jehoshaphat. Let's join together. Let's join forces and let's go and do battle with Syria. Ramoth in Gilead is rightfully ours. Let's go take it. Write this down if you're taking notes this morning. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. A God idea will work. A God idea will work. A good idea will work you. King Jehoshaphat says, this sounds like a good idea. But is it a God idea? Yeah, yeah, it is rightfully ours, and so we ought to have it. And this sounds like a good idea, joining forces together. It sounds like a good idea, but is it a God idea? In verse 5, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Let's hear what the the word of the Lord is. Let's hear what God has to say about this matter. Let's ask God about this, Jehoshaphat said. Oh, how much better off our lives would be if we, oh, inquired of the Lord before we jumped into things with both feet. Too often we ask God to bless what it is that we are doing. Uh, Oh, instead it would be better if we would find out what God is blessing and do that. Ahab has a good idea, but is it a God idea? You see, just because something sounds good, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily mean that it's God's will for us to do. And too often we will examine a situation and if it sounds logical to us, oh, if it sounds uh, reasonable to us, we automatically think that it is a, it is the thing to do. Friend, we better not rush into anything. We better take the time and inquire of the Lord and see what He has to say about the matter. 
King Ahab proposes a joint effort in taking Ramoth Gilead. Oh, oh, with a combined army. Oh, there is just no way that they could lose. Man, this is a sure deal. This is a no-brainer. It makes perfect sense. It's a good idea. But is it a God idea? The second thing I want us to notice in this chapter, I want us to notice the prophets. Let's read verse 5 through 14 and look at the prophets. Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, Go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Jehoshaphat said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord? That we may inquire of him. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. <laughs> I love that verse. I hate him because he doesn't prophesy good. <laughs> I hate him because he doesn't prophesy good concerning me, but evil. Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Bring Micaiah, the son of Imlah, quickly. The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each on his throne at a a threshing floor uh, at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Now Zedekiah, the son of uh, Canaanah, uh, had made horns of iron for himself. And he said, Thus saith the Lord. With these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver uh, it into the king's hand. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. Please let your word be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Notice the prophets. And and there are two kinds of prophets. There are two kinds of prophets. First of all, there is the false prophets. False prophets. King, King Ahab had a host of false prophets. Prophets of Baal, the Bible says. Help me understand that the devil has an imitation of everything that God has. Let me give you three characteristics of false prophets this morning. Three, three things that we know about false prophets. Number one, let me suggest there are many. They are many. Verse 6, King Ahab gathered his prophets together. Four hundred in number. Friend, false prophets are everywhere. Men and women who will allow the devil to speak through them. Jeremiah chapter 23 and and verse 21, God said to Jeremiah, I I have not sent these prophets and yet they ran. I have not spoken to them and yet they have prophesied. Listen to me. Listen to me this morning, church. There are are unscrupulous pastors around today who will tell their people, thus saith the Lord. They will tell their people that God said thus and so. Using that as leverage. Using that to manipulate the people so that the people will do what the preacher wants them to do. 
God said, Jeremiah, I have not sent these preachers, I have not sent these prophets, and yet they ran. I did not speak to them, and yet they prophesied. Friend, we must be very, very careful who we listen to. Not everybody that claims to be a man of God is truly sent by God. Not everybody that stands in the position of the man of God is a true man of God. The Bible says that even Satan sometimes disguises himself as an angel of light. The second thing I want you to notice about these false prophets is that they are manageable. They are manageable. False prophets will tell you exactly what you want to hear. So, uh, King Ahab, let me get this straight. Uh, the prophet, the false prophet said, uh, uh, what is it you're wanting to do? You're wanting to go up, uh, and, and take Ramoth and Gilead. You're wanting to go up against Syria. Uh, you're wanting to take back Ramoth, Gilead. That's what you're wanting. Uh, uh, sure, absolutely. I'll go up and the Lord will deliver it into your hand. You see, false prophets will tell you what you want to hear. If it means drawing a crowd. If it means keeping you from leaving them. If it, if it means they will become endearing to you. If it means they will be popular with the masses. Oh, they are manageable. Oh, you can pull the strings and they will dance. You can say jump and they say how high. Oh, just threaten to leave or just threaten, uh, amen, to close your wallet. And they will do anything that you want them to do and say anything that you want them to say. They can be managed. They can be bought. Not only are false prophets many and manageable, but they're also materialistic. Verse number 12, all the prophets prophesied saying, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Yeah, it's all about money with a false prophet. It's all about money with a false prophet. He'll do anything, he'll say anything in order to keep the money coming in. And notice his prophecies. His prophecies is always peace and prosperity. I believe that God can give personal prophecy. I don't think it should be given as a wholesale thing that happens all the time. But I believe that God can give a personal prophecy. But the people that I see giving personal prophecies most of the time, especially those that are giving them all the time, it's always, you're going to be blessed. Everything's going to be bigger. Everything's going to be better. Everything's going to be great. Yeah, you're healed. Just go on. You're healed. Yeah, you money's coming in. Oh, oh, that's what the false prophet, he prophesies Peace and prosperity. He tells you what you want to hear. You never hear him prophesying judgment. You never hear him prophesying repentance or the wrath of God. Oh, whatever feeds a person's flesh, that's what he prophesies. Whatever appeals to the many appetites of man, that's what he preaches. We're talking about the prophets right now. There are two different kinds. There's the false prophet... And then there's the true prophet. I gave you three characteristics of a false prophet. Let me give you three characteristics of a true prophet. True characteristics of a true prophet or a true man of God. First of all, they are uncommon. 
uncommon. There were 400 false prophets. One. Genuine. True. Prophet of God. Verse number 8. There is still one man. Say one man. They've just heard from 400 prophets. False prophets. Imposters. Jehoshaphat says, is there not a, a true man of God anywhere? I mean, no, if you walk close to God, you can tell the difference. Some of you don't walk very close to God because you just take anything hook, line, and sinker. Believe some of the most ridiculous things and are so incredibly gullible. He's heard from 400. But he says, is there, is, there, is there not a man that has a word from God? And verse 8, there's still one man, one man. There's not a host, but there's, there's one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of him. 400 false prophets, only one true prophet. Because true prophets are uncommon. They don't run in packs. They're not in an abu- there's not an abundance of them. Let me tell you this morning, if you discover a true man of God today, you better hold on to him. You better stay close to him. Because true men of God are uncommon. You don't just find them everywhere. Stories that I hear about some pastors and preachers would literally make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Not everybody that claims to be a man of God is a man of God. Not only are true men of God uncommon, number two, they're unpopular. The genuine man of God who speaks for God is unpopular. Verse 8, so the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Yeah, there's still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire the Lord, but I hate him! I hate going to his church. I always feel convicted when I go to his church. I hate him. I don't like to hear him preach. I don't like to go to his church. I hate him because he never prophesies anything good to me. I hate him because he doesn't prophesy. What I want to hear. If Ahab were a modern day church member, he would say it like this. He doesn't feed me. You see, ask the average church member who leaves the church, why did you leave? And 95% of the time they will say, I wasn't getting fed. I heard a pastor say one time who's in San Antonio that somebody came to his church from John Hagee's church. And he asked him, why did you leave Pastor Hagee's church? He said, I wasn't getting fed. Now you may not like John Hagee's bulldog approach to preaching. But you're going to get fed. You ain't leaving because you're not getting fed. Yes, you were getting fed. You just didn't like what the preacher was cooking for dinner. 
You wanted cakes and pies and ice cream with chocolate syrup and the little sprinkles on top. But instead he was feeding you meat and vegetables and salad. Oh, you wanted him to say, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. But instead he was thundering out, thus saith the Lord. Now let me tell you, there are exceptions to every rule. And there I've heard some preachers that I would leave. Because they wouldn't feed me, okay. But most of the time it's something else. Not because you what they weren't getting fed. They didn't like what was being fed. And they were looking for somebody that was feeding something a little more palatable. Yeah. Amen. True prophets, true men of God are unpopular. Especially with the Ahabs oh, who want their prophets to only prophesy good things. I hate this prophet Ahab and he never tells me what I want to hear. Not only are true prophets uncommon and unpopular, they're also unbending. Verse number 14 in Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. I'm sorry that you don't like me, king. It's not fun to be hated for the message that you bring. But I'm more interested in pleasing my Lord than I am in pleasing you. How many understand that sometimes the message that God gives the man of God to deliver is not an easy word to give. He knows someone is going to be angry with the word. He knows someone will reject the word. He knows someone will misunderstand the word. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've been misquoted. Or taken out of context. But a true man of God will be unbending. He will not alter. He will not bend. He will not sugarcoat the truth. When God has burdened his heart with a message. He will stand up and declare. Thus saith the Lord. He will thunder out the message. Amen. That God has given to him. No matter what the cost. Look at verse 26 and 27. So the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash the king's son. And say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. Five things I see in this passage. Notice the third thing. And that is the prophecy. The prophecy. Let's look at the prophecy. First, the false prophecy found in verse 6. And verse 12. The king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? And so they said, Go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. Verse 12. And all the prophets prophesied, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. As I said earlier, false prophets will tell you exactly what you want to hear. But what is the true prophecy? Well, that's found in verses 15 through 17. Let's look at the true prophecy. The true prophecy in verse 15 through 17. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? 
And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. At first, Micaiah says with, I believe, tongue-in-cheek, perhaps sarcastically, Yeah, yeah, king, go ahead. Go up and prosper. That's, that, that's what your false prophets are telling you. That's what you want to hear. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go do it. Uh, uh, you're not going to listen to me anyway. Go ahead. Your mind is made up. Go ahead. That's what everybody's telling you. That's what you want to hear. Go ahead. Sometimes I wonder, God, why do you have me preach it? Because they're not going to do it anyway. God, why should I keep hammering on that subject? It ain't changing anything. They're still still saying. You know what? It's not my job to change anybody. It's not my job to enforce the rules in this book. It's simply my job to declare, thus saith the Lord. And what you do with it or don't do with it, it's up to you. And some people shouting out on anybody else in the church and go out and don't do any of it. And then there's others in the church that sit there with hands folded and quiet and, and everybody thinks, boy, they ain't spiritual at all. We don't ever hear anything. And they live so godly. Micaiah says, go ahead, go out, go take the city, go prosper. That's what all the other prophets are saying. That's what you want to hear. You're not going to listen to me anyway. Your mind is made up. But Ahab knew this prophet. And he knew that he was messing with him. And he said, tell me the truth. And so Micaiah says to him, it ain't good. It ain't good. It's not what you want to hear. God is not in this. And if you do this, you're going to lose. If you do this, you're going to die. You just better go home in peace and leave this thing alone. Verse 17 and 18 again. He said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. The leader is, he don't have one anymore, he's dead. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Joshua, Did I not tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? <laughs> I don't know what you see. I see this little kid rolled up in a corner sucking his thumb. I can't have what I want. Daddy said no. 
Notice the fourth thing that I see in this story, in this chapter. That is the pressure. Notice the pressure. Verse 13. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him saying, Now listen, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. Please let your word be like the word of one of them. And speak encouragement. Ahab's messenger pressures the prophet Micaiah. And he says to him, all of the other prophets are telling him to do this. All of the other prophets are telling him to go and take the city. Say what they are saying. Agree with them. Speak positive about what the king wants to do. I've had people tell me before, you know, if you're just a little nicer. You know, if you're just a little more politically correct. If you could back up just a little bit. Trying to talk the men of God here into saying what the other false prophets are saying. They're all saying this. You say what they're saying. Speak encouragement. Tell the, tell the king what it is he wants to hear. The pressure. It's 400 to 1. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, hear me this morning, saints. God's people will always be in the minority. Jesus said, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life. And there are few that find it. But wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Friend, to obey God will always mean going against the flow of the mainstream. God's people will continually be encouraged to let down their standards. They will constantly be tempted to compromise Pressure will constantly be applied to us from all sides. It's not easy to be the only one in the crowd not to go along. It's not easy to be singled out and marked as different. It it wasn't easy for the prophet Micaiah to speak the exact opposite of what 400 other prophets were saying. But it was the truth. And we must never give in to the pressure to water down or compromise the truth. My subject today is true men of God. True men of God won't bow. They won't sell out to pressure. They'll speak the truth regardless of the cost. Let's look at the final thing. And I've got to hurry this morning. I want us to notice number five, the presumption. This is big. Everybody tune back in with me. Those of you that are asleep, wake up. Those of you that are zoned out. Those of you that are on your phones. Unless you're taking notes. I know Brian does that. I know. I've sat by him. I know what he does. Sometimes he checks scores too, but no, no. (laughs) Just kidding. He's a deacon. I've got to mess with him a little bit. <laughs> King Ahab was guilty of at least two presumptions in this account. This is powerful. 
His first presumption that he made was the majority must be right. He presumed the majority must be right. Verse 26 and 27, the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction. Ahab chooses to ignore the prophecy of the man of God and listen to 400 false prophets and their prophecy. Ahab presumes the majority must be right. Have you ever heard that one? Have you ever heard that one? Well, well, that many people can't be wrong. Well, if that many people are doing it, if that many people believe it, if that many people are saying it, the majority must be right. The, the, that many people, surely that many people can't be wrong. Have you ever heard that one? Ever said that one? But friend, this is a false presumption. The truth is, most people are wrong. We presume the majority must be right. That many people can't be wrong. But in reality, most people are wrong. Prove it. Well, most people believe that all religions lead to the same God. Most people believe that it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you are... What? Sincere. How many of you ever heard that one? No? Where y'all been? You never heard that? Sure you have. Come on, help me out here. Wave even if, you know, you know. Oh yeah, all of y'all. I see all of y'all. The majority say, it don't matter. It don't matter what you believe as long as you really believe it, as long as you're sincere. All religions lead to the same God. That's what the majority of people believe. But Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Too many people have the same wrong presumption that Ahab had. The majority must be right, but this is a damning presumption. The verse I quoted earlier, Jesus said that the majority are on the wrong road. Well, that many people can't be wrong. Well, Jesus said they were. Jesus said the majority are on the wrong road. Jesus said the majority are on the road to hell. Matthew 7 and 13, wide is the gate and broad is the way that